Let's get into some word today. What do you say? All right, let's play that bumper before we go. Today, we are beginning a new series called Getting Over It. Anybody have an it? <laughs> well, hopefully you can, you can recognize and define your it so you know what to get over. You don't want to get over something you don't need to get over. <laughs> and uh, uh, I want to talk to you about how, how to live an overcoming life. And maybe uh, you can relate to that. I think probably most of us, if not all of us can relate to uh, needing to overcome certain things in life. If you've ever been overwhelmed by anything or there ever been a, a problem in your life that was, you know, mountain sized and uh, you needed a little extra to get over it, uh, then, then you're in the right service. You're, you're, you're in the, the right series. Um, there are no problems, and this is quite a statement, but there are no problems that are insurmountable. When we're talking about uh, the Lord being involved with us, all impossibilities go out the window. Everybody with me? Okay. And so that's the, that's the starting point on, on, on how to think. Now, if, if God's your problem, you're in trouble. <laughs> but good news is he's not. You know, or I like to say it this way. If your problem is God-sized, then that's kind of a, a challenge. But there are no problems that are God-sized. I mean, the way I look at all of difficulty in life is I'm with the Lord. I'm not against the Lord. If you're fighting against God, I mean, that's, you're not going to win. Can I, can I just say? <laughs> Switch teams. Uh, but if you're on, you say, I want the Lord's will. I want him involved in my life. I want this. You are set up to win. Okay. Uh, but I want to talk to you about some of these things so you'll know how to, how to overcome. Um, what are some areas that people need to overcome? What, is, what are some of your, you know, your it's in life? It could be, for example, things like fear or sickness or lack or strife or temptation. Could be anxiety, uh, loneliness, rejection. There's so many things that we need to get over with the grace of God. It could be immaturity, perpetual, sustaining immaturity. <laughs> uh, could be failure, just getting over failure or very common practical things like overeating. That can be a, a real mountain in some people's lives. And of course, there's, there's addictions of various types, addictions to substances, addictions to shopping, you know, <laughs> addictions to sex and things like that. Uh, but in all these areas, we can, with the grace and power of God, have victory. We don't have to live subject to all these things. By observation, I can see that in life, some win and some lose. We should learn how to win. Why not? Why not let that be you? In life, some go up while others go down. Learn how to go up. In life, some overcome while others undergo. Learn how to overcome. There are various things that people deal with in life 
that they are instructed or encouraged by others to learn to live with it. You just have to learn to accept it, learn to live with it. I say rather, let's learn to overcome it. Because when I read the scriptures and I read about the grace and power of God, I don't find the Lord telling us, you just need to settle for mediocrity or settle for survival. Rather, I read that he wants to put us over the top and, you know, let us thrive rather than survive. Let us enjoy victory rather than just holding on to the end. So there's a better life. He gives us a vision for better things in life. And so this is the mentality I want to approach this with, that we are going to learn how to overcome. If someone said, well, I don't know how to do that. That's why you're here. <laughs> That's why I'm teaching. That's why I'm praying. So the Lord gives me the right words that'll be a key. It'll be a, the key to your personal victory. Yeah, God is not our problem. Like I said, he's our help. He's our answer. He's our solution. And so uh, consider these statements that are pretty popular uh, from the Lord Jesus and one other. In Matthew 19, 26, it reads, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You see how some of you just wanted to say that out loud? Go ahead with me. But with God, all things are possible. Let's try, try it again. But with God, all things are possible. In Mark 14, 36, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. All things. Jesus would say this repeatedly. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So that gives a little clarity there. Who, who, who are all things? They're always possible with God. But with us, it's tied to believing. Right? That's why we're reading scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So all things are possible to him who believes. And then Paul wrote this in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If Paul could do all things because of the strength of God, well then, would, would the Lord give you strength to be able to handle anything that life threw your way? Amen. That, that scripture doesn't mean that I can, you know, when you see athletes sometimes and they, they put it on their gear or their skin, or something, that doesn't mean I can hit a home run every time I get up to bat because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's just really not what that verse is talking about. But rather, he gives us the strength to overcome no matter what the circumstance is. Yeah, we can always handle and overcome every situation. So, our goal then, just to, from the get-go here, is we want to maintain an all-things-possible mentality. Never despair, never allow hopelessness, hopelessness to set in. Don't play over in your mind the, the movie of defeat. You know what that looks like when you're the star character? You've got the starring role and you're the one going down and you play that movie and you watch that movie again and again and again and again and it produces a, a, a failure vision for you, right? And so, no, all things are possible with God. 
And all things are possible with me because I believe in an all things possible God. Amen. Yeah. And so this is our mentality. I think one of the starting points that we should uh, embrace, a mentality that we should maintain, is recognizing where our help comes from. All right. It is, it has to do with, with acknowledging that current blessings, current and past, blessings in our lives are due to God's intervention and his grace being shown towards us, okay? That acknowledgement sets us men mentally on the right path, okay? Now, now, now watch this. In fact, you have your Bible. Uh, turn with me, I, did, I guess I didn't ask you already, to Psalm 124, all right? Psalm 124, that's, uh, if you have a digital Bible, that's, that's fine. Psalm 124, if you're new to Scripture, Psalms, Starts with a P, all right? As illogical as that is, to waste letters, but I know some of you have wasted letters in your name. You don't even use them. How much ink have you wasted signing your name with that letter you don't even use? All right. <laughs> In Psalm 124, I want you to hear the heart of David who wrote this psalm and, and catch the, the spirit of it. We're going to read the eight verses here. It, it, it says, if it, had been, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. This is kind of the way I preach sometimes. I'll say it and then, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's all say this together. Let Israel now say. Sometimes it's good to get it in your mouth. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. When the waters, uh, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now there's a lot of, you know, poetic language, of course, because it's in the Psalms using these comparisons. But I think we get the, the gist of it is, is that he's saying, the Lord has saved us. We would have been a mess. We would have been lost. We would have been overwhelmed and overcome. You know, he uses figurative language like eaten alive. I don't think that was literally, you know. But all these things would have happened if it weren't for the Lord sparing us, saving us, helping us. Okay. It is a good exercise on our part to school our own minds in the reality of God's intervention that has already happened. Okay, now some of us, uh, we can name some areas. We can say, yeah, I remember the Lord helped me here. Oh, I remember this prayer. He answered me here. He provided this. He gave me this. He's been so good to me. But can I tell you, uh, in large part, I don't think we're capable of fully answering this question. To say, how many times the Lord has saved us or kept us from harm? I don't think anyone in here, and outside of God showing it to you, could answer how much he has helped you 
in the last week. Simply because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what could have happened. We don't know that some good things that happened, that he was involved. We, think, we sometimes chalk it up to, hey, lucky day. He lucked out on that one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, or this just happened to fall the right way. And sometimes I think it was God involved. And we just don't know it. So a good, healthy, and safe practice is to give God credit for every good thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, get to heaven and we watch the replay and we see the angelic activity and we see God speaking to this one and opening a door here and, and stopping this tragedy from happening. If all of us sit back and go, wow, I thought I was just like theoretically giving you thanks. You really did that. You really saved me there. You really helped me. Wow, that thought, I thought that was me. I thought I was smart. <laughs> and it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. Yeah. Amen. It's like, was it, is it Mark Hankins that says, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look like a genius? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, you are brilliant. Not really. <laughs> but look in him, dependent on him, uh, 100%. And so, uh, you know, I know what eternity would be like without him. I can ac accurately define that. I'm in trouble without, without the Lord. But it, here and now, I think, again, it's a good practice. Even if there's been, uh, to give him credit is what I'm saying, but even if there's been hardship, someone say, but I've gone through a lot of hard things. You don't really fully know if those hardships would have totally taken you out if it weren't for God's help. And so... I can logically say it could have been worse for any of us. It could have been way worse than it was. But I think it's a good practice. Here, here's, here's part of my reasoning in this. Is if I think I accomplished because I'm good. I accomplished because I'm disciplined. Because I'm smart. I'm diligent. Then at the end of my success, my victory, who gets the praise? If you can't see that, that's as far as I can go out. But uh, I'm puffing up my chest like Tarzan. You were thinking Tarzan, weren't you? Uh, but I get the credit. I get the praise. I get the glory. And I also am full pride. Because it's all about me. I'm good. But if I learn to train myself, and this is accurate, it's not just figurative or theoretical, to give God the glory and give Him the credit and give Him the acknowledgement for every blessing and every good thing that happens. At the end of it, I'm not proud. I'm humble and thankful. All right? I'm not here to boast in my accomplishments. I'm here to say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And so that's a good habit. It's a good practice. For one reason, we don't want to get to a place where... Um, the only time or the first time we've ever called on the name of the Lord is when we've exhausted every other avenue of attempt to win, to overcome, and to succeed in life. I want to school myself to acknowledge him regularly in things I'm not even 100% sure if he did. And then when I get to the end of myself, which is easy, I'm saying, Lord, help again. Here, here am I. Help me again. Amen. Now, now you're in Psalm 124. Look back at the, at the 21st, 121st Psalm. If you have a Bible like mine, it's on the same page. 
or same opening. Psalm 121 reads, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I want you to see the, 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 the language there. Now, in those days, God's tabernacle was on the mountains of Jerusalem. So there could have been a real visual where he would say, I lift up my eyes because that was where they would worship God. Okay, But it also works in a figurative sense that when we worship or when we look to the Lord, it is in a sense us lifting our eyes. All right, This is a good habit, lifting our eyes. What's down? Down is the problem. Down is the trouble. Down is the hardship. Down is the, is the pain. Up is the answer. Up is our strength. Up is our help. Up is the Lord. Okay? If you want to physically practice that, do it. Not that the physical motion is important. You know, it's like when I, I got a car one time, the, uh, the person I'm buying the car from, I said, does it have heads up display? You know, I said, because my other, my last car had heads up display. And they said, no, it doesn't have that. So I said, I'm going to have to practice this. You know, to look down and see what speed you're going. Okay, you guys don't even get that. <laughs> heads up display, it's when it's in your, wind, it's in your windshield. The other one's down. That's up. Okay, got it. All right. Hallelujah. Lift up your eyes. Let me give a better illustration. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, a little while back, uh, we were doing a Wednesday night service. And towards the end of that service, uh, I had a, a word from the Lord, a prophecy. And some of the gist of that prophecy was what's in this psalm here. And the Lord was inspiring us to, to say, lift up your eyes. In other words, look to him. Don't look at your problem. Look at the answer. Lift up your eyes and look to me. And so uh, that happened towards the end of the service. Right after the service, uh, people were all hanging around, mingling. And, and uh, I was standing right over here talking to another person. And this other guy came up to us. And I didn't know this person, but he was in the service that day. And he began to ask about various challenges and troubles he was dealing with in his life and what he should do. And as I'm listening to him, thinking about, uh, you know, what I would say to him, the other person said, your answer was already uh, in the service. It came through that prophecy. You need to lift up your eyes, get your eyes on the Lord to help you. And as I was listening, I thought, that's what I should have said. That's a good answer. <laughs> it was. It's like, that just came out of my mouth and I wasn't even going to say that. <laughs> But that was the answer. So he's talking to them about that and saying, get a lift up your eyes. While, while they're doing that, I'm standing there and, I, and all of a sudden I hear this like ding in my ear. Ding! In, in my right ear. And I thought, what's that? And I thought, that's this guy. And so they, they, they stopped. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you have like a, like a ringing or something in your ear? And he said, uh, he said, no. I said, in your right ear? He said, no. And he paused, he said, but I can't hear out of it. <laughs> okay, I think that qualifies as something, we're on the right track here. 
I mean, honestly, I didn't know. I just knew what I knew. Sometimes the Lord shows you things in, in unique and strange ways. You just say what you see and say what you hear in this case. That's, it seemed like I heard it, even though I knew it wasn't out here. I knew it was just in my, in my own self. And uh, I said, oh, okay, well, that's good. I said, that, that's going to be, would you like to hear out of that ear? You'll be healed right now. And so he said yes, and I put my hands on him, and, and we prayed and rebuked that thing. And instantly, his ear, his deaf ear, became a hearing ear. Just like that, right there. Now watch. Yeah, praise God. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. What triggered that? See, I'm always analyzing. I'm, I'm asking, because I want to reproduce. I don't want that, just that guy to hear. I want everybody to hear. You know, I'm looking for, uh, how, how, what, what triggered that? Why did that happen right there? And it was definitely tied to looking up. As soon as the Lord gave the word and then he was reminded, oh yeah. And just by words, just by conversation, he didn't have to physically look up. He got his mind on the Lord. Oh, he's my answer. He's my source. And as soon as that happened, God responded with a miracle. Okay, that is common. That is common. When we are looking down, our answers are nowhere to be found. But when we begin to lift our eyes, that's when the Lord shows up. That's when the Lord responds. That's when the Lord is able to give us the direction, the answers, the help that we need. Many times it'll come quickly like that. Amen. Now listen to this verse from John 15. Remember we taught this recently? John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do, what's that word? Nothing. Now, nothing is related to fruit bearing, okay? But without him, this is the correct mentality, we can do nothing. If I think that way, I maximize and, and major on my connection with him, because with him, I can do all things. But without him, we can do nothing. This is different than an I've got mentality. Oh, I've got this. No, I'm good. I got it. Do you? How many, don't raise your hands. How many, uh, how many addicted people have used that language with their loved ones? And they said, I think you should get some help. I think there needs to be something else. And, 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 and they said, oh, I got this. I can handle this. Or the famous, I can quit anytime I want. Right? And they said that, and a year later, they realized, I don't have this. It has me. I don't got this. It's got me. Yeah? And so I don't want to have an I've got this mentality. I, wanna, I, I, want, I need to realize that when I've got it, my ability is my limitation. And if my ability is insufficient, then I'm going to be beat. But if I've got a, a, a God working in me mentality, and when I say that, don't take the opposite. If I could encourage you this way, don't say God's got this, because that could go in a ditch too. I'm not going to be involved in this. God's got it. In other words, whatever He's going to do, he's going to do. And if he's going to do it, he's going to do it. If he's not going to do it, he's not going to do it. God's got it. No, no, no. That's not correct either. It's a partnership. It's God's power, but our belief. God's ability and our cooperation with him. If it were God's got everything, everybody would be fixed. 
100%, we wouldn't have this message. It would be an email. No, it'd be a text. God's got it. That's it. Happy Sunday. Get out the axes. Let's throw some axes. Listen to these verses, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Uh, Paul writes here, And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to, to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Okay? Everybody say it out loud. Say, my sufficiency, my sufficiency. Is, from is from God. That's a good reminder for us every single day. Without you, I can't do anything. My sufficiency is found in you. Listen to verse 5 from the Amplified. Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Okay? So, if that's our, 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 our focus, I'm looking to the Lord. He is my source. He is my sufficiency. Every good thing, every good gift comes from Him. Contrast that with, I'm my source. I'm enough. I'm sufficient. I've got this. Or other people. Okay? Our spouse, our friends, other people. Or anyone else. Or contrast that with a common uh, statement that you just need to believe in yourself. Okay? Often people are encouraged to just believe in themselves. Well, yourself <laughs> is not always capable. Yeah. Yourself is often insufficient. Even at times when we think that we are sufficient, what we can do well has been a gift of God. It is. The wisdom, the knowledge, the, the strength, the physical ability, the discipline, all these things that we think we're, that's me. It's God's grace that gave you that. It's God's grace that you have the smarts to get up in the morning. It really is. And if we start seeing that as true, we exercise ourselves in looking to Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me say this in case I, uh, before we run out of time. The the system that the Lord, that the, the scriptures teach us is not that God does things and we sit back and watch. People will say sometimes, well, when it's God, everybody knows it's him. That's not actually accurate. Sometimes when it's God, it looks like it was a person. Everybody with me? Yeah. Well, if it's really a miracle from God, everyone will know it. No, they won't. That's why the miracle worker has to step back and say, that was the Lord. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I've seen it happen, seen it happen today yeah. where I've ministered to people for service, healing, and they come up and thank me. And I say, listen, and I understand what they're saying. They're being generous and gracious and stuff. I said, I couldn't do anything without the Lord. Why? I could have said, you're welcome. <laughs> They're standing there healed. They had pain, and now it's no longer there. They're saying thank you. I realize people are being gracious, but I want to emphasize, I can't do this without the Lord. I don't have any power of myself. I have to 
intentionally give the Lord glory. In other words, here's my point. A lot of what God does, He doesn't just do to you. He does in you, through you, and with you. The Holy Spirit is called our helper. He's not the doer. He's the helper. You're the doer. I'm the doer. He's the helper. He's the one who provides the strength, the wisdom, the power, the healing, the vic everything that we need comes from him. That's why we have to discuss this lest we think, I got this, or I can do this, or I'm the source of this. No, he's the source of everything. And that's why we're, we know, give him the glory. And without him, we can't do anything. Everybody okay? When we say look to the Lord, we're saying don't look to yourself. We're saying, don't look to other people. If you're married, sometimes one of the, da the dangers of a marriage relationship is people look to their spouse to fulfill them. And on some level, it's accurate because the Lord did make man and woman to bring, I don't know, some form of completion and satisfaction and fulfillment in this life. But that can easily go too far and I'm unhappy, and it's your fault. <laughs> I'm unfulfilled, and it's your fault. Well, she can't be the source of all my fulfillment and happiness in life. It's too big of ask it's, or demand. It's too much to put on a person to say, if you were better, I'd be happy. Well, we can all do better probably and increase in areas in our relationships towards for married people, for your spouses, but... If you make them the source of it, it's too much. It's too heavy a burden. I've got to look to the Lord for my, my joy, my satisfaction, my fulfillment, my victory. I can't put that all off on her. And she couldn't put that all off on me. Everybody with me? See, learning to recognize God as your source plays out in many areas of life. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 32, 17 reads, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for who? For you, for the Lord. If we only knew how good he was at helping us out, we would go to him constantly. We wouldn't make him last resort. We wouldn't exhaust every person and every book and every internet search and every other pill and every other answer and then say, help. We'd say, Lord, you're my source of every good thing. It's a good habit, even if you're at the top of the mountain. Man, I mean, everything's going good. I mean, I'm healthy, got a good life and money in the bank and, and you better get your eyes on the Lord. Because you don't want to train yourself in these times of victory to where when, when something bad happens that you didn't control or didn't know was coming, that you don't know how to look to the Lord and rely on Him. He is where our help comes from. I, I think of it this way. You know, why do some people not overcome their it? One answer, this is not, I'm not exhausting my teaching here today. But one answer is they don't make God the source of their victory. He's not the source. When you can learn to team up with God, the future looks really bright. Okay? If I could say it this way, uh, 
Tiger Woods and I, <laughs> together, combined, have, we have won 15 majors in golf. I mean, when you add his stats and my stats. Because <laughs> I like to be a team player. Uh, I'm, my baseball stats are pretty good, too. Barry Bonds and I have seven MVPs <laughs> together, right? It's smart to be on the right team. <laughs> now watch, you know where I'm going with this. God and I, I mean, we got victories stacked up as far as you can look back. God and me together. We are such a good team. <laughs> hey, Amen. And, and I do mean that one literally. The other guys, I know we're not really a team. With the Lord and me, we are a team. Because he's not doing it without me. And I can't do it without him. We team up together. Victory after victory after victory. I tell you, we are knocking it out of the park on a daily basis. Now, when I break the team and I start going on my own, my stats go way down. It's like, you're in a slump. We need to send you back to the minor leagues. But when I'm with the Lord, our stats are high. And I want to encourage you, team up with God. Every single day. Every moment of every day. Train yourself to look to Him. Okay? First and only Learn. It's a good practice to say things like, without you, I can do nothing. But with you, I can do all things. Would you say that with me? Say it to him. Say, Lord, Lord without, you, without you, I can do nothing. Can do nothing. But, with you, but with you, I can do all things. Do all things. Amen. Amen. I remember a, a, a movie years ago. is a Tom Cruise movie. And he, there was this scene where he would say to this other girl about their working together, he would say, if you're with me, it would be here. And without me, it's here. He was visually explaining her life would be nothing without him. <laughs> Anybody see that movie? He said, with me, without me. With me, without me. I think we could use that and say that to the Lord. Or he could say it to us. Maybe that's a better way to say it. With me, without me. Or you can say, with you, without you. With you, Lord, come on, we're, we're going to knock this thing out. Without you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a hard life. But thank God we're not without him. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.